What is good? Welcome to episode 56 of RJ Bell's Dream Preview MLB Edition. My name is Taylor Ringgold. I am your host and my co-host, the amazing co-host, Griffin Warner, is here. He's right on the other side of me. Griff, a lot of baseball this weekend. I just walked in the door from the Yankee game today. Big W for the Yankees. Won the series at home against the Rays. I'm happy. Didn't win my best bet, though. You did. So, I think... Overall, we're both happy going into this episode. Well, um, you called me amazing, so that uh, I've, I've got an amazing feeling about that already. Let's um, go. Love that. Yes, I did win my best bet. Um, you know, I feel like I've been uh, heading the right direction. Uh, second half of the year has been a lot kinder to me than normal. I feel like usually I try to make all my money in the first half and then hold on for dear life. It didn't go that way this year, but I feel like I've been having a pretty good time of it lately. Uh, I did... Um, speaking of the Yankees, I did take the raise yesterday, which was brutal. Cause I don't even know if Corey Kluber got an out slash, I think he got two, but, uh, one of them he couldn't find when it hit him in the leg and it was right below him. That didn't go great, but, seven uh, straight singles, Griff, seven straight singles. Yeah. I mean, I know Donaldson hit the top of the wall. So like, I guess that probably deserves an extra base hit, but when you play a little league field, it's very easy to hit the cutoff man. Uh, Here come the little league jokes. Right Here we go. But, Here we go. Uh, but it was a big statement because, uh, I mean, things were looking bleak. The, the Yankees broadcast was spending a lot of time Friday night saying how injured they were and pretending that none of the other teams have felt have anybody in the IL. Um, and then it was looking pretty, pretty gross. But the, the Yankees had a really good weekend, I think. And uh, maybe they have put the AL East to bed. I don't want to guarantee that yet because that's not what we do on this show. But it's looking a lot better than it did certainly Friday night. Yes, Friday night was rough, but two back-to-back solid wins. Today's blowouts game, too. yes, blowouts. Which... They made you. They made you work for it. All the all the fans in attendance today. I don't know what time. I mean, the Phillies game took forever, like eight hours or something like that. I, I know they delayed the start of the Yanks, and you were yeah. uh, poncho list. But uh, how, how wet did you get out there? Wasn't that bad. Me and my okay. buddy, we timed it out right. I was there. I got in the Bronx around eleven o'clock. Went to Billy's. Sports bar, had a bunch of drinks, chilled. It was very quiet early on. Then went to the stadium. Uh, I had some really nice seats with Ford Field MVP Club. So I got to sit in there when it was raining. I was nice and warm, not wet. Went back out there. Then it started raining again. Got out of our seats. But we, we figured it out. And the Yankees early on, man, they scored a bunch of runs. Four home runs in that game. Glaber with two. Cabrera with his first and Stan hitting uh, legit the, the most Little League home run you can possibly do at that stadium. Huh. Huh. But you know what? We, we The Yankees are haven't had blowout games in a long time. And back-to-back days of blowout games, yeah, this this the division race isn't far from it, – it isn't even close to being over. But now five-and-a-half games, you get a little, you know, jolt in your step. You're excited. You know, you have a series against the Red. You have a two-game series against the Red Sox in Fenway, and then you go to three games in Milwaukee. So that's five games. That's not going to be easy games for the Yankees going up. But I'm happy with how the Yankees play this this uh, today's game. Well, I'm happy here too. Uh, on this episode, we're going to do everything as normal, plus a little special section coming up after uh, Taylor's ad read. And uh, I mean, one on one on best bets. 
not obviously the two and over shooting four, but uh, I think we broke about even or maybe made you a little money. So uh, happy about that, though. If I remember correctly, I think I had the Rockies on Friday and they uh, had an eight one lead and all of a sudden we're trailing 10 to eight. And I was about to vomit, um, but luckily had a nice little walk off three run home run. Yeah, that um, was the most Rockies thing I've ever seen. That was the most Rockies thing. You had uh, Diaz, who had, I think, five RBIs, a couple home yeah. runs, and then C.J. Crone hit a ball 502 feet, thought the game was out of reach, and then Diaz. I mean, Elias Diaz, I, that, I love that guy, I got to say. Um, quickly becoming one of my favorites. Had a big, big game in that one. I mean, Rockies still six games over 500 at home, uh, 25 under on the road so that's how they're in last place but not still good, pretty not good. a good road team not a good road team no nope, definitely not, not not really a good team in general but true i mean of teams that are over 500 everybody in the nl west surprisingly which that says something uh two teams in the nl central and uh the three playoff teams in the nl east so i guess if you win games at home you make the playoffs unless you're uh in the nl west damn 21 46 colorado step it up on the road i understand that the the you know the the weather out and the thin air in Colorado helps, but come on, Jesus Christ, Arenado clearly is having this. Like he's still great when he left Colorado. You know, everyone thought he'd be like uh, you know subpar third baseman when he went to St. Louis. Not so fast. Guy had the hell of a, a hell of an August. Anyway, let me read a promo code pretty quickly here, and then we'll get into a nice little special segment that I do have to give the credit to Griff pre in our production meeting right before our show here he's like hey why don't we do this and i said okay we'll give the people what they want i feel like this is what the people want good idea i'll give it to you but first why don't we talk about the super contest real quick so pregame like super contest 22 is free and easier the like super contest is a five nfl spread sides per week it's easier than ever you don't have to make all your picks at once. Plus, the advantage of the best number using live lines is available. Winners get a choice of a $1,500 cash prize, or you can enter into next year's Westgate Super Contest. And, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, like, either, either option is great. Right, Griff? I mean, if you had to say. I like cash. I like cash, too. But, you know, I like to go into a contest, too. So do it now. It's free and easier than ever. Go do that right now. So, Griff. Oh, and also, sorry, ball game. We're going to go go to pregame.com and enter in the word ball game and save 20% off all purchases on the site. It's good for seven days when the podcast released. Do that as well. Forgot to add that in before we jumped into our little playoff macro. Our talk. new toy. Our new yeah, toy. We got a little playoff macro talk. You know, we're, we're heading into the second week of September. Playoffs are right around the corner. We're maybe going to do this every every episode, like every Sunday night episode, probably going into Monday. We're just trying to figure it out. We have a couple more weeks of the show, so we need to add in a little playoff talk before the playoffs can start. So this will be very quick. Something that Griff and I noticed just from today's games, bullpens. Well, we've, been, we've mentioned bullpens throughout the show, throughout the whole year, how important bullpens are. We talk about how, twin, how terrible the Twins bullpen is, how great the Mariners bullpen is. And speaking of the Mariners, the Mariners and Braves had an amazing, amazing series. That was my series spotlight. It was a great series to watch. But why don't we? Why don't we? Uh, we, we should summarize our series spotlights, then we'll get into our, our new playoff. Oh, macro we're, hold on, we're, we're already in our macro talk. Then we'll get okay. we'll get in okay. we'll get into the series spotlight. Okay. Uh, Griff mentioned. Let's talk about bullpens. 
And speaking of the Mariners and Braves, the Braves bullpen collapsed again with Kenley Jansen collapsing in the ninth inning once again. He's had a few times over the last month or so where he has been terrible. Notably for me, versus St. Louis, walking on four pitches to Tyler O'Neill, and the Cardinals won that game. And then this game against the Mariners, Julio Rodriguez takes him deep, and then very next batter, I think it was the very next batter, it was Angelo Suarez, hits the walk-off home run. You have that bad situation, but you also have a team like the Yankees. Yes, they've struggled offensively, but the thing that's keeping that that's keeping this team alive is the pitching. Starting pitching gets them through, but it's the it's the bullpen for the Yankees, which I don't think it's a lot of love. We always we always destroy Chapman on this show, right, Griff? We always do, deservedly so. He likes leg tattoos. Yes, he does. Very very good. But besides him and that insane insane IL stint injury. I mean, that's one of the top worst. I like, okay, I don't want to go into it. It was bad. Anyway, uh, the Yankees bullpen is arguably one of the best in the game. You have Clay Holmes, Wandy Peralta, and Lucas Lipke, Clark Schmidt all have under a three ERA. They're in the mid twos to low twos. You have Ron Marinaccio has an ERA of 173. And another guy that even Griff was loving when I mentioned before the show is Jonathan Loisega. Four five four ERA might not keep you know, and it's not that exciting. But the guy was on the aisle for a little bit. He really wasn't himself earlier in the year. His last twenty eight days, twelve games pitched, thirteen innings, a zero point six nine ERA. Very nice. nice, very very nice. And he has ten strikeouts in those thirteen innings. So Griff. We talk about the Yankees bullpen as a team that's going to be in the playoffs. They need a big bullpen, and they have their bullpen right now. They're going to get Chapman eventually. And then you have the Braves, who have added pieces in their bullpen. Iglesias, Kenley Jansen, they have Kirby Yates is healthy now. They have A.J. Minter. But it seems like the bullpen's collapsing for them. So what do you think about these two bullpens uh, I know we have a lot more teams to talk about, but we're only going to talk about these two teams for right now because these, these two teams caught our eye. So what do you think about these two bullpens and how important is it for bullpens in the playoffs? Well, so I'm a, I'm a lover of bullpens and that's a big part of my handicapping. And unfortunately, a lot of the blown saves I've been taking this year, I take to heart because I do look at bullpens seriously before I make any plays. And a lot of times I'm trying to do a bit better of a job of letting a bad bullpen situation, whether in unavailabilities or just poor performance will keep me off of something. I've not found the uh, secret to that just yet, but uh, speaking about the Yankees. And I think part of what brought this discussion point up was watching Kenley Jansen's today, um, yep. but sticking with the Yankees for right now. Um, I think so in the playoffs, it's a crazy type of situation because it used to be you needed to have the best starting pitcher possible um, each of the game that you're starting, come back on three days rest, all that sort of stuff. I feel like they're the rest thing on four days rest on five days rest. That doesn't really happen in the playoffs anymore. And that's kind of what we're, this discussion is geared towards. Um, but you're pr- looking at a lot of pitchers that go on short rest and then therefore don't go very far. And you really need to have a stable uh, of bullpen arms coming out that can get at least three outs for you, especially with the new rules that you have to pitch to three batters, but you need to be able to get three outs lefties and righties. And sometimes four five, six, something like that. 
Um, and you need to be able to do that consistently on command in high pressure situations. Um, I do have some questions about the Yankees bullpen right now. Um, because a lot of the names that you mentioned really haven't done it before in the playoffs. Um, even relying on Clay Holmes is a scary thing to me because he's never really pitched. I mean, coming from Pittsburgh, I don't think he's ever really pitched in a meaningful game. Um, at least since he's been up, maybe when the pirates were good seven or eight years ago, I feel like that predates him. Um, yeah, I also have questions speaking of, of Holmes directly. And I, I'm curious your opinion. Um, Holmes, I mean, he had that phony, phony IL stint, whatever, where he had trouble explaining that his back was not locked up. We literally could have just said anything better than what he ended up saying. Um, but he, since he's come back from the IL, he's made three appearances at the Rays, two versus the twins. Um, he gave up a, a run in his first one on three hits, but only one hit in his last outing, two innings against the the twins that game one extra innings um two saves in in the two opportunities that he was handed and he's gone four innings with only allowing one run um i'm not sure exactly what to expect from him going forward so i'm curious what you see from him because he seems like he's the closer for the yankees uh live or die yeah there was a point in time griff where clay holmes in the first half came into the game lights out over everyone knew it there was a there was a discussion, and I don't want to hear from anybody because this is freaking true, that in the beginning of the season, there was a debate who was a better closer, if it was Diaz or if it was Holmes. Holmes, at one point, was one of the best pitchers, uh, bullpen pitchers in the game of baseball. Absolutely. Go ahead, Griff. He had a 0.28 ERA at the close of business on June 18th after a one and one third outing at Toronto. I don't know that I've seen an ERA that low, and I know ERA is not the uh, favorite stat of, of everyone in the analytics community, so we probably should do d- wind of WRC plus or something like that, but that's a really low number no matter what. It's currently hovering at 229, which is still a really good number, and I think a lot of closers, if you're investing them in fantasy, you'd love that uh, yeah. at this point in the season. Certainly a lot higher, but he also took some really, really bad outings, maybe because he wasn't feeling well, maybe because he did have some sort of back injury, maybe he just kind of lost his his rotation or his his motion and then went down and, and kind of found it. Uh, I don't know that four innings is enough of a sample size since he's returned from the IL, but I mean, I like seeing that his last three innings, he's he's given up only one hit and no runs. Yeah, I, I really think that this guy can is going to be the closer going forward. I know there was a closer by committee once he went down. The Yankees tried Chapman again. There was one moment where we saw one game of Chapman. We're like, okay, wow, maybe he's back. And then the following day, he's used again. Or the next two days ago, two days later, he was used again. And then he looked like the Chapman we were used to seeing, where inconsistencies, walking, velos low. So the Yankees have been resorting to other other pitchers. The Scott Efros trade was, I think, a very underrated trade by the Yankees. He's on the IL, but he'll be back soon. Guys coming out of the woodworks like Ron Marinaccio has had a fantastic year out of the pen in his rookie year. But you said it right, Griff. There is you got to have a little worry here that a Yankee bullpen, where I think Yankee fans have been lucky to have arms that have had success and had experience in the postseason, you're not going to get that going to this postseason. It's going to be Chapman and I say Lewisaga, you know, I think Lipke was around last last couple of years as a Yankee, so he's out of experience in in some sort of playoffs. But, you know, not having Chad Green, a veteran reliever who's had time in the postseason going through long, treacherous seasons, that guy not having him out for the season, and also Michael King, those two guys 
not having them in in the bullpen, you it really shows that they needed guys to step up, and there has been guys stepping up, but. I, I'm just hoping as a fan myself and also a guy who likes to bet on the team, I would like to see them continue this through. But for the Braves, man, I, I'm looking at two guys, and the number one guy right now I'm looking at is Kenley Jansen. Over his last 10 games, I'm sorry, yeah, last 10 games, nine innings pitched. He's a five ERA. He's let up eight hits and five earned runs in four walks. That is the closer that the Braves want. I don't think so. And Kirby Yates, uh, you know, it, people might be looking at like, all right, dude, that's like not, it's not enough to show. But closures get one inning. They get one inning. They get three outs. That's their job. So the sample size to people might listen, sample size isn't enough. Well, maybe, you know, it is. I know Kirby Yates really only, he's only had seven innings of work, but he has a five ERA this year. The guys that have been reliable is AJ Minter and Iglesias. Iglesias, since he's come to the, because he, since he's come to the Braves, he's had a zero ERA. So I think he'll be the new closer. Kenley Jansen moves to the eighth. But the, but I think I know. But like and, and Iglesias, as lights out stuff, he he has some lights out stuff. Fastball, high velo, slider that moves fifteen feet. But he's had a lot of moments in his career where he's blown back to back to back games. And it's not, you know, one or a run. It's hitting, you know, guys hitting moonshots of them. So he's had up and down success, up and down. It, it might be – that might be the life of a closer is that when you're bad, it looks really bad. And Maybe. I don't when know. When you're man. off because you're only throwing an inning, it gets really bad, whereas a starter usually has a few more to, to digest. Um, I think just to, to finish, to close out on the Yankees part, I think we'll see what happens. I'm still not really a believer just yet, but I think – a bullpen, when you move in the playoffs, it might be just how you're pitching right in the last week or two, assuming games are still meaningful and, and seeing that people are hot and, and making sure that happens. Right now, Kenley Jansen is not hot, though, and he blew his seventh save today out of 40 chances. Uh, that's only a, an 82.5% conversion rate, which I feel like is pretty low in today's baseball He's got a lot of saves because he's got a lot of opportunities and only blowing seven saves doesn't say a lot. Uh, but that five runs in the last nine outings or nine innings is a big deal. Um, I feel like his skill set has only gone down significantly. I mean, he was so dominant and certainly hard to, to keep that going when he was in Los Angeles. And then they kind of stuck with him, though he didn't really deserve the job. And I part of me feels like that's why they don't have another World Series or two on their mantle. Um but from where I sit with them right now, Rizal Iglesias certainly is is never been that reliable, but um, or certainly has his his times where he's unreliable. But from what I've seen from him so far, it seemed like he's taken on the eighth inning, and that's been really like because you always worry about a closer when they don't have the closer job anymore. They're traded to a, be a better team, and they have to start coming in the eighth. Do they have a drop off in performance? I haven't seen that from him when I, when I've yeah. watched it, and, and frankly, when I've bet against the Braves and seen Rizal Iglesias come in. I've been terrified because he's been awesome. Um, he hasn't given up a run since uh, playing against the athletics, which I imagine this is as a member of the angels on the 9th yeah. of August. Um, so that's pretty good. If you, uh, if you catch my drift, he's done five innings in September and then like probably seven or eight. I don't want to do the math live, but um, he, he's been great. He's been really solid. I feel like it 
wouldn't be a, a bad decision to move to him. And, and I think he can offer the eighth and ninth inning type of length that Kenley Jansen just hasn't been able to do for a very long time. Problem is, is then what happens if you do take Kenley Jansen out of that role? Like maybe they end up just using Rizal Iglesias as the like the the Swiss Army knife in the seventh eighth inning when they face the heart of the order, which a lot of teams are doing right now. I just wonder because when does Kenley Jansen like? I mean, if without him, we saw the Braves last year win the World Series based on a great bullpen. Tyler Masek was awesome. I don't think he's been the same this year, and it's hard to keep that up. But when I look at other options in that, in that bullpen, AJ Minter is, is great and is a hard throwing lefty, and that's hard to beat. Kind of very similar to Tyler Matzik. So I feel like it's hard because you don't know when to use one or the other. Um, Colin McHugh has been injured a lot this season. And just going down the, the list of, of the the Braves bullpen, you mentioned Kirby Yates. He was a dominant closer, but that was four or five years ago. And I feel like that's too tough to trust until he's really proven. Um, but I, I have a question about the Braves. They, they've they been jockeying now back and forth of the Mets into first place in, in the NL East, which is incredible considering how far behind they were at points and, and watching them go to, to City Field and lose a series really, really handily. But now they're one and a half games back of the Mets after losing two out of three in Seattle, which unfortunately today they'd be a game back if they had held on um, or excuse me, it'd be half a game back if they had held on. But Kenley Jansen came in hung a, a cutter or whatever he's throwing nowadays to Julio Rodriguez. He hit it 117 miles an hour. Who rod off the bat? Um, awesome, Hoorah. awesome, awesome. And then, I mean, of all players, Eugenio Suarez ended up walking it off right afterwards, which was a nice best bet win for me uh, today. But I got to say that was uh, potentially going to be a 98.8% win expectancy loss. I had already put it in my list. And I'm very happy to say that Kenley Jansen, instead of only losing games for me, he then came back and blew a game that was already blown. So thank you to Kenley, but I I'm, I'm concerned about the Braves bullpen until something happens. Yeah. For Tyler Massick, three, two, one ERA, 33 innings this year. Will Smith, is he even on the roster anymore? No, he got traded to the Astros. Yeah. He got traded to the Astros. Right. So he's not even there. Baseball reference. Got to update your stuff. Uh, yeah, Jesse Chavez has uh, no, nope. not even, not even worth discussing. Jesse Chavez, that guy should be fitting people for for eyeglasses. He's a two oh six ERA. Yeah, man, he he was he was just designated for assignment, and then they claimed him because no one else seemed to want him. That is not if if forty three innings. Brian though, Snicker, that, that, dude, if Brian innings. Snicker is trusting Jesse Chavez know, in the playoffs, the Braves have another big problem coming. And lastly, on this. As inconsistent the last 30 days or last 10 games, I, I was looking up baseball reference, the amount of games he's pitched in the last 30 days was 10. The sample size we've seen from Kenley Jansen as of late, it's not great. But the large sample size of him pitching the postseason overall has been pretty damn good. To get some notes, 57 games pitched, 63 and a third innings pitched. 20 series over nine years, a 2-1-3 ERA with 19 saves. Well, I'm glad we're celebrating Kenley Jansen from 2014. He is not the same guy now. 2021, he didn't let up a run in seven innings of work. In, a in lot the- has changed in the world since 2021, Taylor. I got to say, a lot has changed. I think Kenley Jansen's I'm just, fastball I'm just, has yeah. dropped from 95 to probably 92. 91, yeah. Yeah. I, I look, I'm just stating out points, obvious statistics okay, that's okay. to the world. And I'm not, I totally am agreeing with you that there's a problem with Kenley Jansen right now. I think Snickers should 
move him toward the eighth inning, see if he can try getting his mojo back in the last couple of weeks. There's going to be some games that clearly, I mean, all the rest of this season, every game counts for them. It's not like they're going to be the Dodgers where they're 20, the next team, the Padres are 20 games out, so they can kind of throw anybody out there. But the Braves need wins, and their bullpen is, is in trouble. But, I mean, they're they're fighting for that. If they can can somehow finish above the Mets and win the NL East, that means that they're getting a bye, in, I, I think, unless the Cardinals surpass both of them, which is possible within the realm of possibility, but I think is unlikely. Um, so that that's really huge. They they are basically the, the Braves are playing playoff baseball right now, I think, because getting that first, so cool. first round by is huge and yeah. sets them up so well for the next the next round. Um, I think it, this probably transitioned well into your series spotlight, which was the Braves and the Mariners. So uh, yeah. the Mariners won two out of three. We both were on the Mariners, unfortunately, for the one game they lost Friday night. Um, which was a really close game. The the Braves hit a bunch of home runs. Robbie that Ray was my, that was didn't, my best bet. didn't walk anybody, struck out six, like was was in it throughout. The Braves were ahead, I think, throughout the game, though. I'll give them that credit. But uh, I, I thought it was a really good showing for the Mariners, getting a series win against a really good team like the Braves, though the Braves on the opposite coast playing late-night games and having to kind of scrap their way back from a, I think it was a 7-1 to one deficit today or six to one deficit, taking a seven, six lead before Kenley Jansen blow, blew it as we all have talked about for 20 minutes, but Kenley Jansen podcast right here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, basically his, his family is going to be writing us some really mean tweets at the real underscore G Warner. If you want to um, at Taylor Ringgold also, he's involved too. Um, but if I think you got to take this series, um, the Braves are now one and a half games behind the Mets. That's not great, but they're still in striking distance. They got plenty of games left of them, of course. And uh, I think from the, the Mariners point of view, I mean, they're getting closer and closer to locking up a playoff spot, which is a big, big deal for that city because they have not been in the playoffs in a very long time. Supersonics aren't there. Uh, the Kraken, I don't know exactly what they do. The Seahawks just traded Russell Wilson. So I feel like we got a whole city behind Hoorah and the Mariners right now, and I love it. They're pushing. They're going to make it. They're going to make it, and they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Great series. What was your series, Pilot? Mine was the Guardians and the Twins. So if you want to finish off on the uh, – on the the twins excuse me on the the mariners you can because uh we got some dead man walking i don't know if we have any music interns that they could cue that up in the back but uh (laughs) if they can that'd be great i don't think they're going to but yeah just to finish out mariners man very impressive with a great comeback they are probably i know jared carabas has said it last year and i agree with him Uh, if you don't know who he is go follow him red sox guy i know that Red Sox guy, baseball guy, uh, you call them the America's team. And I think they're America's team again. The Mariners have been out of the playoffs for a long freaking time. They've had really good teams, and they've had horrible teams over the last 20 years or so. This team is special. They have a lot of young pitching. They have a lot of young bullpen arms, and they have a pretty good lineup. I wish Jesse Winker was as good as what he was supposed to be. That's what the Mariners were wishing for, the all-star Jesse Winker, but that's clearly not the case this year. Cool guy. Yeah, you know, if he could hit lefties, that would be helpful. But if you look at the standings, I got to say, we were both really high on the Mariners coming into the year. I think we were maybe a little bit fooled by that one, one, or excuse me, that one, their their record in one-run games was awesome. It's still good this year. I saw that number today. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but it's something like 29 and 17 or something like that. That's days, awesome. Which is great compared to a lot of the teams out of there. Great bullpen, which is really what you need in the playoffs. And if you look at them, 79 wins right now. If the Astros weren't the best team in the league right now, I mean, the Mariners are 11 games back at the Astros. That doesn't look great. 
but they have a better record in the entire AL Central and all of the AL East besides the Yankees. Um, six wins back of the Yanks right now. So, I mean, they've been awesome. I think, I mean, kudos to the Astros who just keep plugging along. Um, but I, I love the Mariners, what they've done so far. I I mean, America's team, that's a, that's a great name for them, especially considering I live in Dallas and the Cowboys are getting smacked right now. But um, if we can transition to my series spotlight, that was the Guardians visiting the Twins. Uh, the Cleveland Guardians went into Minneapolis and won all three games, road sweep. Um, they, are, they were a little bit tighter than I think they wanted to, but they jumped out to big leads uh, the first two games and then held on for dear life. And then today, Shane Beaver was great yet again. I guess his velocity issues just don't matter. He could throw the ball 60 miles an hour and be fine. Um, but the Guardians now two and a half games up on the White Sox, sneaking up on everybody. But they were in Oakland and took care of business as they should have. Uh, but the Twins now one game under 500. The uh, bullpen trade activity they did at the deadline. I mean, I don't think they were expecting to be a team competing this year. They did sell some prospects and all that sort of stuff for Jorge Lopez, who hasn't been able to keep it up. And Michael Fulmer from within the division to the Tigers, which is a question certainly for the future and whatever they gave away. Um, but the Twins, one game under 500 right now, four and a half back of the Guardians with no real chance at a wild card. Uh, I think I think the Twins, the, the ship might have sailed. I don't think so yet because the White Sox are the White Sox. Right. White, the White Sox are the White Sox. They're going to do some White Sox things. White Sox things, that meaning blowing late leads, getting blown out, typical stuff. The Twins, on the other hand, have had – not an easy schedule, I'd say. Right, the last three, the last three series was Guardians, Yankees, Guardians. I mean, sure, that'll even out. But what I don't like seeing is the Twins nine games under five hundred on the road. Um, the rest of the teams that they're playing with, I mean, interestingly enough, the Rays five games under, but um, everyone else that I think is a reasonable playoff team right now. And Orioles, I guess, are in that race too. They're five the Yankees games under. are one game over five hundred on the road. It's, I mean. That's bad. It tells me that these teams are built for playing in their home ballparks. And, you know, we do make teams a, a bigger favorite at home because the rules make it so they bat last and they get to answer anything that happens against them. But the right. dimensions of parks, I mean, I feel like Minnesota is built to hit home runs and in places they can't do that as easily. They're a, a big fade opportunity. I would love to do that and fade them in the playoffs. I just don't think they're going to get there. I'm going to say something before we get into our uh, weekly our card here. Last thing on the Twins, I said before we started, if the Twins do not make the playoffs after having majority of the year they were in first place, they don't make the playoffs, Baldelli is fired, unfortunately. I know we, we talked about it before that, you know, it, it's not his fault. But at the end of the day, the blame has to be somewhere. They're not going to be cutting players. They're going to be cutting managers. So that's what's going to be. I think Baldelli. Baldelli has had a hundred win seasons. He's had really bad seasons. They've acquired big name free agents. They've done really good trades, and now we're seeing a first place team collapse towards the end of the year, and that's really rough. If you're a Twins fan, I know we got some Twins fans listening. Me being one of them. You know, yeah, I'm surprised you don't have your twin shirt on. So looking at Rock Bondelli's numbers, I mean, winning 101 games in 2019 is incredible, especially for a twins team that, I mean, is a small market club. They're not, they're not spending out all of those dollars. Uh, a nice 36 season in 2020, but that was COVID. Uh, last year, not great. 73 and 89. 
um, which is disappointing, but ultimately that'll happen from time to time. Only 11 career ejections, but five of them this season. So I think that shows how frustrated he is. He also went to my high school, so I'm, I'm pulling for him. It's not looking good, though. And uh, I think without further ado, let's get into the, the Monday card. Let's jump in it. Uh, and then, of course, Best Ben's kind of the end of show. We're looking for a 2-0. and And uh, also, we'll restate that promo code for everyone to get 20% off. Um, you can just say it now, I guess it's ball game, right? Isn't that the, isn't that the code? No number this code that ball game, code. get 20% ball off. Game. We'll say it one more time on the show. So keep listening. Best bets coming, but we'll start Monday. It's uh, I mean, we're the dog. We're past the dog days. We're in the cat days of September or whatever we call it now. Um, it's, it ain't looking good. I'll tell you that much. It's not, there's, a, there's nine games on the slate. So we're missing six. Uh, so 12 teams are not playing. And then there's also a double header. So we're actually missing 14. Anyway, instead of doing the math, We'll just get right into it. Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. And I got to say, we've come full circle because there are so many people yelling at us earlier for talking so long about Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. But we're back. Shout out to Silver Sword in Pittsburgh. I hope he's he saw our guy Mitch Keller today had an awesome day for a fantasy team of mine that really needed it. That was a stream of the year. I think I still got eliminated anyway, but whatever. Uh, he he tried uh, his bullpen. What a gross performance. The Cardinals. I mean, what a great series. Anyway, getting distracted. Bryce Wilson starts for the Pirates. He's at Mike Miner. Uh, Mike Miner minus 128 favorite. We've talked about him plenty. On Mike Miner is a favorite. That's insane. In our 55 episodes or 57 episodes now, whatever the number 56, is. 56, right in the middle, 56, baby. 56, 56. We're, uh, we're, you know, we're just setting the, uh, the hit record right now. Joe DiMaggio today. Um. But yeah, Mike Miner minus one twenty eight favorite. I want to go as far away from that as possible. Bryce Wilson, <laughs> former don't. Braves prospect. Um, yes, he's giggling. I don't think someone's tickling him. But uh, Bryce Wilson, here. Bryce Wilson, you know he's he's not exactly a prom queen. I gotta say he's uh, he's definitely winning Miss Congeniality. Uh, over under <laughs> nine and a half. But I, I like I like the Buccos, even though their bullpen has been an absolute disaster. They could have probably swept the Cardinals <laughs> if they had. David Bednar back there. This is the worst game I've ever. This is the worst matchup of the year. Oh my god, I'm like crying. Look, guys, you gotta laugh sometimes when we're doing all these podcasts. We're talking series, we're talking numbers, we're talking lines, we're talking. We want to make you guys money, but sometimes you gotta look at some of these games here, and you gotta realize that there's two pitchers that should not be pitching at all. Bryce Wilson with a 6.11 ERA and Mike Miner with a 5.70 ERA and Mike Miner is the favorite. So, I'm here with Grick with with Grick with Griff. Yeah. I'm staying as, here baby. <laughs> I'm staying as far away from this ball game as possible. Good luck to our Pirate fans and our Reds fans out there. This is going to be a doozy. So, Maybe Jonathan India can have some sort of a good season at the end of the year because he's out. Yeah, he. Got, I actually saw a little bit of him today. Uh, he was in the dugout, got hit by a foul ball, was really pissed off. Everyone was laughing about it, and he was not laughing. So I wonder if he's even going to be available. Um, I'm definitely looking to, at the Pirates. I got to say, uh, it will be a first half lean, if anything, because that bullpen. Uh, seeing Chase DeYoung trying to close games is uh, not really what you want to he got do. Rocked hard by, earned he got money. rocked by Pujols today. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Pujols last two nights, you know. Uh, Let's go. Three more homers. To, he doesn't want to play another year. He wants to get to 700 and then quit. He's DH in every game. Every we'll game. move next to the Cubs, who are playing Sunday night baseball. It might still be going on. I don't know. I, have that, I guess I have that minimized somewhere, somehow. Um, and... Assad starting for the Cubs on the road at City Field going to Chris Bassett, who's been lights out. He's been awesome this year. 
He's a minus 270 favorite, probably the biggest he'll ever be in his life. Um, and over unders eight. I I mean, the Mets had a, a tough series. They finally were staring up at the Braves in the standings, which was probably a big, big, scary thing for him, especially considering how much Taylor is, how much noise he's talked about the Mets, uh, complaining all about the Yankees, saying how they are going to lose the lead, blah, blah, blah. The Yankees have stayed in first. Mets have not. But the Mets now game and a half up on the Braves. And this looks like a series they can keep those wins coming and try to expand yeah. upon that lead. Absolutely. You got to bounce off. You got to you got to keep you have to win games because the Braves offense is carrying this entire team and the rotation too. the bullpen. Like we mentioned, majority of the year has been pretty damn good. As of late, there's been some some uh, you kind of shake your head. What's what we're seeing the last couple outings. But Chris Bassett is the right guy on the mound with how Scherzer has been jumping off the IL and coming back on the mound there's you need some you need a third pitcher to have uh I'd say you have to have a lot of faith in Carrasco is becoming a guy I think he's not going to be one of those we mentioned Carrasco maybe be a bullpen guy I think he's going to be a rotation guy in the playoffs cuz he's pitching pretty well the second half and this guy right here Chris Bassett who his last start shoved against the Pirates, seven strong innings, allowed one and run, struck out 10. Never, he doesn't strike out the world. Usually he gets around four or five. When you get double digits, that means it's a good game out of him. Three, two, four ERA. He's almost a $3 favorite. I think he's going to have a lot of success in this game. But going forward, this guy needs to be playing, pitching really, really well for this team if the Mets want to have some sort of, uh, I want to say, um, a, a, a sigh of relief that they have more than just two arms in the, in the postseason run. I mean, I, I still don't know what the story is with Max Scherzer. I got to say it's not good because the oblique last time took him out for a long time. I think this time he was probably a little bit more conservative with it, knowing that at the end of the season, they need him for the playoffs. But I mean, that rotation right now, when Jake DeGrom is your healthy guy, that's a concern. I think DeGrom Bassett Peterson didn't look very good and he's been jockeying in between the rotation and triple a, which is not great. Taiwan Walker, I don't know how much I can trust him in the playoffs. I got some concerns about the the Mets starting pitching so far. The bullpen is a good good bright spot, though, and that's important. As we move on next to the Dodgers visiting the Arizona Diamondbacks, Tyler Anderson at Ryan Nelson, big prospect who had a good debut. Uh, currently, Tyler Anderson, Mr. Anderson, a minus 220 favorite on the road. Over-under is nine, um, which I think speaks to the Dodgers lineup and how deep, long, all that sort of stuff it is. Um I, I mean, Arizona is to me an under park now and never was before, but uh, I'm, I'm very interested to see if, if Ryan Nelson can follow up that big start, but as a $2 underdog, I mean, there's not a lot of respect for him in the marketplace right now. Arizona had a tough series in Colorado bullpen is already problematic as we know. Um, what do you, what do you think about Tyler Anderson? Because he's honestly emerging as, I mean, I don't know how you keep Tyler Anderson out of the, the Dodgers playoff uh, rotation right now with Arias Kershaw and then, I mean, why won't you do Anderson instead of Heaney, you know? I think it's a no-brainer Anderson's going to be in front of Heaney. Absolutely. I think Heaney's a bullpen arm. He doesn't have what what Anderson has, and that's length. Anderson has pitched a lot of games into the seventh this year. Um, I'm looking at right from since July 22nd, he's had one, two, three, four, five games, seven innings. That's very important going into the stretch. One and a half months. So that's probably like 10 starts or something. I mean, that's pretty good. It's hard to do. And he's done it all year. I mean, we'll see if he, if he tires, but he hasn't shown any signs of that. 
He's had a great year, 14 and 3 ERA. I mean, 14 and 3 record, excuse me, 273 ERA in 26 games pitched. Nice. Not, not a big strikeout guy. He's going to get a lot of ground balls, a lot of fly balls. He's going to keep the fielders on their toes, excuse me, on their toes. I think Anderson could be either a two or a three star in the postseason, but for this game alone, the Dodgers are definitely heavily favored, obviously. And I think to stay that way by the bullpen, what you know, we saw the bullpen react in Arizona for Arizona reacting in Colorado. It's not going to look good against the Dodgers, who are red hot still. Yeah. Um, no thanks for me on Arizona, though. I do want to see what Nelson does. Last but not least in the NFL. We have Atlanta, who we've talked about so much in this show. Spencer Strider visiting the Giants and Alex Cobb. Giants playing right now in Sunday Night Baseball. It's going to be a, a long trip back over the night. Long night for them. They're going to have some tired legs, and they get to face the quad father throwing 100 at their head. Um, oh. Currently, Strider a minus 167 favorite. Uh, Alex Cobb starting for the Giants, over under 7.5. Uh, big test, I think, for the, the power-hungry, all-home run, swing and miss, power-swinging, Braves um the Giants have not been good for a month now it feels like so feels like a series where Atlanta keeps the pressure on the Mets I mean the Mets get to hold serve early against the Cubs probably and then the Braves get to like hit the ball back on the ping pong table um I feel like Cobb can can throw well here but he's got a tough road ahead of ahead of him to hoe and I just I don't think I could back the Giants on the travel and then also with how poorly they've been playing I'm surprised this this money line isn't larger than this, right? Am I, am I wrong? A little low to me. I, I agree yeah. with that. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Strider should be a two dollar favorite, where I might be might maybe like minus one ninety. The, the the Giants at home, yeah, they're they're thirty seven thirty two. I'm impressed with that. Their road record, I mean, twenty nine forty twenty nine forty one is horrendous. But besides yeah. that, holy crap, that's so bad. Yeah, Alex Cobb hasn't his last start did not get past the fifth, four and a third in his pitch, three earned runs against the Dodgers. And now that's the Dodgers, so it's a tough outing. Special Strider, last two starts, absolutely ridiculous. 16 Ks against the Rockies on September 1st. Last start against the Oakland A's. Yeah, two bad, bad teams back-to-back, but you have to pitch, and you have to pitch well. And, yes, and he has nine Ks in his last start. I think he's going to get a double-digit performance against the, the Giants in this one. This guy is is absolutely a freaking find for the Braves. They have this kid freed and Kyle Wright in that rotation. I mean, you got to be freaking kidding me! And this guy, this guy, this guy could I, I, like honestly be a number game one starter here. He could be underrated stash too. I think they'll give it to Freed, but I mean, wouldn't couldn't you really couldn't go wrong with either of them? I think the big deal here is if Atlanta can avoid that first series, but. Uh, ultimately third best road record in all of the NL. And uh, I think that probably improves tomorrow. Next we go okay. to the American league. We have the angels and Reed Detmers visit, visiting Connor Pilkington, uh, <laughs> the Cleveland Royal starter. Um, he's a my Pilkington, a minus 125 pitcher at home over unders eight and a half. Detmers is, has been kind of up and down. I feel like they skipped him this weekend when he could have faced the, the Astros for like a third straight time. Um, certainly a, a much better draw for him in that lineup. Um, I, I like Detmers. I like his swing and miss. The slider, since he started throwing harder, has been really effective. Uh, I lean to the Angels as an underdog on the road, but it's really hard to go into Cleveland and fade them considering how well they've been playing. They've got the ultimate confidence after expanding upon and maybe potentially knocking the Twins out of that central race four and a half games up now with just a week or two, excuse me, two or three weeks to go. Um, certainly the White, White Sox on their heels, but 
Um, I feel like it's a number I, I'm tempted by the Angels, but I'm not sure I'm going to play it. A little bit on this pill. What's his? What's his name? Pilkington. Hell of a last. Yeah. Hell of a name, by the way. Hell of a name. Yes. That line just got moved again just now, live on the show. Minus one twenty-two. I think it was at minus one twenty-five. Uh, yeah, I know. Very, very big jump there. But for this kid, he just started. He started, just started being a starting pitcher in starting games on May eighth. He was a reliever for the first month or so. He is not going to give you length. He's his max innings this year. He's gone five and two thirds against the Oakland A's mm-hmm. in Cleveland. Besides that, he's been going four innings and finishing off five innings strong. Not going to be striking out the world. Uh, I, I might, I might want to lean. I might lean A's here. I might I, I, Angels. I might talk about this team a little later, but I might lean. Yeah, and try out the day off today, so he should be playing uh, unless he's uh, tending to something or worried about his fantasy football team. Next, we go the Astros at the Tigers. We have. Robert Valdez, who gets a quality start every time he pitches. I think it's like 24 in a row. Um, he's on one of my fantasy teams with quality starts, and it's amazing. He is incredible. Love it. Love the guy. He's a minus 195, so nearly $2 favorite on the road at Detroit. And Eduardo Rodriguez, currently 7.5 is the over-under. Very juiced to the under. Um, I don't really know how much I trust Erod right now. Um, I think the Astros are going to name their price here. This is a very nice series for the Astros. The Astros are getting lucky with the end of their season here. They get to pick and choose how they're going to use their rotation, how they're going to use their bullpen. It's very telling that we're seeing a lot of these games for the winning teams that are in the race that they're throwing their best guys out. But just come to see the next few weeks, I don't think the Astros will be throwing them like their major guys out there to give them a little extra rest. I mean, I could be wrong, but I feel like Dusty Baker's smart enough to know that maybe Valdez can get an extra day of rest or something like that. So the Strohs have 22 games left and they're up five and a half games on the Yankees right now. So I certainly not clinched by any means, but I I think you, you might be onto something. They're not going to push their, their guys too far. Ryan Presley just came off the IL. Their bullpens look pretty good without him. Uh, He came in, gave up a run, but got a save, I think on Friday. Um, I, I mean, it's not a series that I want to trust the, the Tigers. I'll put it that way. We'll move next to Tampa Bay at Toronto. No line on this one. It looks like a bullpen game for Tampa, unless Criswell is someone, some name you know. But Jose Barrios was supposed to pitch today, got pushed back for this start. And then the Rangers, of course, ended up beating the Jays uh, in that bullpen game. Um, but, you know, from where, where I'm looking at the, the, the Toronto Blue Jays right now, they're a half game behind the, the Rays, six games behind the Yankees. The Rays are five and a half back. Um, they're five and a half games ahead of the Orioles. They're one win back behind the uh, the Mariners and ultimately six games, six wins ahead of the White Sox in terms of wildcard teams. So they're five close. I mean, they're five games into the playoffs right now. Um, I feel like they need to keep winning games, of course, uh, and want to play for seeding, but yeah. they don't really have, it looks to me like a shot at, at getting a bye. So, um, I mean, Toronto should be a favorite here. Tampa Bay has a pretty bad road record. Five games under considered compared to 23 over at home, which is better only by the Yankees and the Astros so far this year, if I'm not mistaken, in the AL. So uh, we got some questions here about about the Jays for sure. I mean, Bobochet has been uh, white hot, and that might even be insulting, like volcanic hot magma hot uh, in the past week or so. Um, I think it's a big test to see if the, the, the Rays can go into Toronto 
and and put up a fight here. I mean, they came off the Yankees, which is a tough series, got blasted the last two days. Bullpen's got to be pretty taxed. Uh, what do you think about this one? Rays, man, they need a win in the worst way. They they do. Not playing well in the Bronx definitely sucked. The Blue Jays are right on their ass right now, and they're going into Toronto where the Blue Jays are 38-29 and 29 at home. It's pretty damn good. Blue Jays love playing at home. Fans are great. That The Rogers Center is, gets freaking loud when they're buzzing. They need to they need to pitch well today. The last two days they've been pitching bad. Bullpen was bad. Uh, offense that can't seem to score runs. You know, my buddy was that saying to me, "Why is Taylor Walls in the lineup? The guy's batting a buck seventy three. And I said, "the The Rays rather have an automatic out because he's the best defensive shortstop in the entire league. But the, at, at some point." Griff, how far do we look into metrics and say, like, I understand the defensive metrics are there and he's the best overall defensive player arguably in the game, but he's honestly an automatic out at the plate. You, like they, I mean, that's what the problem is. That's, that's, that's what the Rays are in a nutshell, right? They 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 have all these pitchers that come out of nowhere, they they draft really well, and then they don't have enough money to spend and get big name guys, and they have to work with these no name players and somehow they do good, but like guys like Taylor walls, I love the guy playing shortstop in third base, but guy can't hit. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately I think they tried to go with a little bit more of a power uh, hitting heavy lineup and their defense was so bad that it was costing them games. Um, certainly walls, not great. Uh, I mean, you could talk about Jose Siri as well. They traded from the Astros. Who's Very definitely bad hitter. He was, he was the Mendoza line for a while hitting ninth in that lineup. He's gotten his average up to two sixteen somehow, some way, uh, but a six thirteen OPS is pretty ugly uh, to start for a, a playoff team. Um, I don't know that I'm ringing the alarm bells as much as you are. I think the Rays are just the, their team that's going to need to play close games, low scoring games. The, they're they're they, winning they one or two run games. Really. That's, that's all they're going to be doing because they have the pitching. Their pitching is good. Their bullpen is good. They have really good arms in that pen. That's how they're going to win these games. There'll be one or two run games. The, the, the money line is going to be nuts. I, I can't, I can't wait to see what the the line is going to be like for Barrios tomorrow. I'm sure he's going to be a favorite because this Criswell guy, I don't know who he is. Yep. Um, and also just how the Rays have been playing. I'm sure it's going to be, Close, I guess. I mean, like, I don't know, maybe like minus 140 or something. Because I, I are... think you'll probably be in the 150, 160 range, depending on who Cooper Criswell exactly is, considering he was claimed off of uh waivers from the Los Angeles Angels, you know, the uh the great franchise that is the Angels. I mean, the Rays do pick up some gems, but uh I, I think it might even be higher than that. I think it should be probably a pretty big favorite. Jay should win this one. Uh, but it'll be a big step if if the Rays can get a win here because I think they're trying to get that home field advantage in that first round and to make sure that they're not playing in Toronto. Cause that's a big deal for them playing at home. Uh, next we'll move interleague. And that's the last two matches. We have uh, a doubleheader Texas at Miami. Uh, we got Glenn Otto at Trevor Rogers who Trevor Rogers, I mean, maybe his back is finally healthy. He had a couple of good starts. I think since he's coming back from the IL and it's looked pretty good. Rogers a minus minus one twenty six favorite at home right now, over under seven, um, the, the Rangers lineup is a million miles better, um, but can Glenn Otto keep a Miami lineup quiet? I would say yes. So uh, I lean to the, the Rangers plus 116. Damn, you, and dude, these lines are moving 
every second as we're talking. I think it moved to like the fourth time in the last two seconds. Overnight money coming in, baby. Come on. It's it's just hushing. It's coming in. It's coming in soft. We're not even noticing. Then boom, it moves. Anyway, I have sideway auto too. I, I'm with you there. Rogers, I guess he has last two starts, six innings, one and one, one and run against the Rays, and then three earned runs over six innings against the Phillies. His ERA is at a five one, five five. Excuse me. It's, it's not good. He hasn't pitched at all. He's been, I mean, he, he's been pitching like shit all year after having a great year last year. Two six four ERA. Uh, I'm gonna side. This is a, just another terrible matchup. <laughs> it's just not good. But I'm gonna side with Glenn Otto. Glenn Otto has, yeah, he hasn't really pitched great either. But he's done better than Rogers. So we're gonna we're gonna side with Glenn. What, what did you used to say? One eight hundred Otto. One eight hundred Glenn Otto, baby. Yeah, and we're we're gonna side with, with Glenn Otto and the Rangers at plus one sixteen. Next one is these two teams again john gray looks like coming off his oblique injury against braxton garrett coming off his oblique injury by all the obliques i mean both of them coming back from it no line here of course i mean really hard to say what the line here will be i imagine it'll be miami a slight favorite probably a little shorter than what trevor rogers is giving glenn Otto. Uh, i lean to texas but really hard to know what you're going to get from either of these guys coming off the il uh, I do think that John Gray has a better arm and has a better lineup. So I leaned the Rangers in both of these matchups. Um, and that takes us now to the best bet portion of our show. Before we get there, use the c- promo code BALLGAME. No numbers on it, just BALLGAME. B-A-L-L-G-A-M-E, BALLGAME. 20% off for all listeners of this episode. It's good for seven days. Make sure you use it. Find my picks. I'm putting them each night. Uh, also including my soccer plays in there so you can see that sort of stuff if you're into that sort of thing um, also plenty of other handicappers putting out their picks nfl picks college football picks ufc picks for my guy aj hoffman uh steve fezzik's on there any anyone you want to use uh use the promo code ball game because ball uh, game tracking it they're tracking it and uh we'll we'll get maybe maybe we'll get a third show if we keep getting people to use the ball game uh number i don't don't know but uh for my best bet i'm gonna lead us off because i did win our our last round you lucky go, son of you know, a bitch. You lucky like, hey, son man, of a bitch. I, I'm sorry to do this to you, but this is what happens when you have the tee box when you win. Um, I'm going to go Glenn Otto plus 116 at, uh, on the road at Miami. Um, okay. I think Trevor Rogers can throw a good outing. He's, I mean, we know he's a great pitcher. He just, I, I, maybe his back was bad all year and he's fighting through it and clearly not fighting very well. Um, but he tried really hard and it wasn't going well. He got sent down. He made a comment like something about before this last return to the big leagues where he said, my back is the best it's been all year. And as someone who's had some back issues lately, like I, I know what that's like. Can't imagine what it's like when you throw 95 with your left hand. Cause I probably could throw 55 with my left hand um, as Dak Prescott goes to the locker room. Oh my goodness. What a, what a night for the Cowboys. But um anyway staying staying on uh a little money coming in hitting this down a little bit even third glenn auto now plus 114 underdog i'll put that as my best bet for this uh monday episode all right i, I was thinking you were gonna go with my pick it's okay. it, this could be a real reach because the angels are not a good team but mike trout and has been arguably the best hitter in the game over the last Two weeks. The best hitter not named Bobo Bobochet. Yes. 
Uh, I mean, Trout's hit a home run like seven straight games. So uh, go, go. Okay. While you talk, I'll, I'm sorry to cut you off. I, I'll, you are cutting I'll me off find, here. You're still I'll go find Bobachet's stats. Go ahead. Do your thing. I don't care about Bobachet and his beautiful, luscious hair. Anyway, I'm going to go with the Angels and Rita Detmers at plus 112 against the Cleveland Guardians. Detmers has had a weird up and down season, but ever since July 24th, he he's lowered his ERA to a 3.67, where in the month of July, he was hitting into the mid fours, high fours. So over the last few months, he's pitched really well. The Guardians have been, you know, I have them as a playoff team. They're a good off. They're a good, they're a good overall team, but this kid, Connor Pillington, nothing excites me about this kid. He's not going to go long into games. He's going to go maybe three or four innings, and it's going to be a bullpen game, which is where the Cleveland strong suit is the bullpen. But can the Angels tack Pillington early on? I'm hoping. So Reed Detmers and the Angels plus 112, lock it in. All right, just just for the just for kicks. Um, okay, let's hear it. Bo Bichette in his last six games across. Uh, let's go across 20, 30 at bats. Okay, you ready for this number? I'm gonna I'm gonna cue it up because it it's worth it. Okay, he's hitting 500. Okay, 15 of 30 with four home runs. Nope, five home runs. Excuse me. Hard to do math live. Uh. Five home runs, mm-hmm. 13 RBI. He's pretty hot. Pretty hot. Pretty day uh, hot. Mike Trout, last seven days, six games, 10 hits, six home runs, nine RBIs, betting 417. I think that's pretty damn good, too. That's, I mean, two guys flaming hot right now. Flaming hot, hot Cheetos, flaming hot Doritos, whatever your, whatever your chip of, of source. If you want to pay us for it, we'll give you out a promo code. Hit us up, free delay. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, the real underscore G Warner. Feel free to slide some DMs if you want to tell me that Boba Chef's better than Mike Trout right now. I will uh forward everything you send to me to Taylor Ringgold, or you can also include him. Taylor, give him give him yours and get us out of here. All right, kiddos. You guys can follow me at Taylor Ringgold on Twitter and everywhere else on the internet. I'm all over the place. We're talking all baseball on this podcast. Another great episode. Angels and the Rangers road dogs, woof, woof, rough dogs. We're getting it. We're going to win another. Arf, arf. We're going to go two and oh, the dogs are out. The dogs are out. Appreciate you guys listening. Enjoy your Monday. We will see you guys on Friday. We'll talk to you soon.